Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's podcast. I am talking to wonderful nutritionist and coach, Colette Hennigan, who is the author of the new book, how to have energy. I wonder how many of us feel as though we struggle with our energy and we lack energy. I know that so often I can find myself so tired by the end of the day that I just want to flop on the sofa and watch Netflix and I don't have the energy to do a lot of the things that I want to do. So reading this book came at a really good time for me. I took loads from the interview and loads of things to put into practice. It's really practical, the advice that Colette shares, and she backs that up with science, which is always nice as well. So we discuss how to navigate the minefield of nutrition and figure out what is healthy anyway. We talk about how to find the time to make healthy food when you're on a schedule, when you're busy. We dig into why, when, and how you eat matters too when it comes to your energy. We talk about snacking for energy and Colette gives us the definitive answer on coffee and energy. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I love talking to Colette. She's from the Northwest, like me, so that just made me like her even more. And she's a really lovely, warm person and really, really knows her stuff as well. I'd also like to invite you over to my website to download some of the freebies that I have on offer there. I have freebies for anxiety and confidence that you can download, that are resources that you can use in your life to shift your mindset and change your beliefs about yourself. And so if you head over to karma-u.com and enter your details, I'm going to send you those freebies right away. So let's get into the interview with Colette Hennigan. Welcome, Colette. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. And thank you for having me, Chloe. Can you share a little bit about what it is that you do and how you came to get to where you are today? I can, yeah. I'm a nutrition and performance coach and I work with a whole range of different clients from professional sports teams to large global corporates to small local charities. And I even work on a a one-to-one coaching Uh, level two. So I do that on an international basis. So before these current times, I used to travel a lot with my work and working with a lot of of different nationalities and cultures. 
And so, yeah, a very interesting role and action-packed. At the moment, it's more Zoom-based. And I think everyone can appreciate that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's amazing what you can do on Zoom. It's uh, been quite an interesting, interesting time. <laughs> yeah. Can you share about, um, well, firstly, can you share about your book? Can you hold it up to the camera for people who are watching this on video? Yeah, and, um, yeah. How to have the energy. So can you share a bit about, you know, when you're working with people, what are some of the things that they struggle with in terms of this and what led you to come to write this this book? Yeah, so so how to have the energy is a result of I've, I've got a co-author as well, just to say on the top of that, Graham Olcott was was a result of actually working with Graham as as his coach. And Graham approached me. He is the original How to Be a Productivity Ninja. And so this productivity guy that runs a global productivity company was really not productive because his energy levels were really challenged. Uh, and so he got in touch with me and this was our, you know, some of the work in here is part of that that journey. But the reason I really wanted to write this book is because in the work that I do and I have done for the past decade, as I just described, is that the common issues that I see is that people with modern life are tired all the time and just really, really struggling with energy. And that can be, you know, I see that this at a personal level, but then I also see it, how it affects teams. And then how it affects like a department within an organization and even, you know, the entire company, um, you know, these energy levels for, for, for a lot of people have, have kind of been normalized at a lower level than they need to be. And people that have high energy and they're in a room, you really notice them these days because it's like unusual to see that. And so I was really compelled to, to write it because I kind of felt there was nothing that was really addressing like the modern life at the same time as looking at these really busy people that have got a schedule to stick to, lots of different things that they're spinning. And so it's not like one of those books that you put on your coffee table and never pick up. The idea is you can open it anywhere and you can apply something immediately. So I was writing it for people that just didn't know where to start, had a busy schedule. And to address that, I'm just tired all the time and, you know, give them a, a kind of a platform and foundation to, to really start to change that for themselves. And I guess the other reason I wrote it was for my previous self, Chloe. So I it didn't start off as a nutrition and performance coach in my, my life. I went to university, studied technology, went into the tech arena and telecoms, ended up in global sales, managing a team, traveling a lot. So similar to, to what I was doing in kind of my coaching career but very much not taking care of myself I kind of felt that it was either taking care of business or taking care of me and I prioritized the business side of things so I felt that that other wellness stuff was for for people that didn't have a job like mine didn't have busy lives and uh, weren't as career committed as me I kind of dismissed it that was my excuses to not do this stuff and so I would literally have food would take a backseat in my day-to-day lives I would swap breakfast for a call. I would swap lunch for another meeting or I'd grab something and sit in a meeting with the food or be on a call with the food. And then dinner was always an afterthought. When you do this continuously, you know, there's repercussions for that, which is, yes, you pay for it with your energy, but that ultimately is your health. Uh, So not feeling very well, feeling cancelling friends and family at the weekend because you just don't have the power to, to then see them and do things with them. So I also wrote it for me as well. 
And I'm sure so many people can can relate to that because, you know, whether it's their work taking the priority or children, you know, so many people are in that state where sometimes it feels like, I know I can get like this, where I'm just so tired. All I can do is watch Netflix. And I think to myself, I have so many other things I'd rather do or would love to do. I feel like I haven't got the energy to do it. So I'm kind of flopping on the sofa or something. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what was it that, that turned it around for you? Was there any certain, I don't know, practices or changes that you made that made made a big difference for you? Yeah, it, there was. There was there was like a trigger point. So it got to, a, it got to, it was a particular day and I was presenting in the city of London to an investment bank. And uh, I'd been working um, really hard on this presentation. And in this particular event, I had what felt like a heart attack, but actually I now know it was a panic attack. I was only 28, so I was hoping it wasn't a heart attack at that age. But, you know, it was uh, it was a concern all the same. I had to stop speaking. I couldn't catch my breath. I had to leave the room. And that panic attack was the culmination of weeks of burning the candle at both ends of the day, going to bed late, getting up early, drinking lots of coffee, uh, skipping meals, not really letting the mind break, not sleeping too well. And it was the first one of its kind. It just happened to be an epic one. But what it did, it really stopped me in my tracks. It was like, right, so something quite compelling health-wise has happened to me. Really made me stop and think. And so so what I did, I actually went on a bit of a journey in terms of going out and, and picking books up, trying to find, you know, where to start. Asked my colleagues at the time, and they were they were struggling too with their energy. It was like, oh, this is just working life, you know. It is a challenge, but you get used to it. And I was thinking, really? Like... I'm 28. I've got to do this for a long time yet. You know, I've really got to be feeling like this. And and the the, the immediate tweaks that I make, I made I, one of them was coffee. Actually, I know for yourself that's something that you've looked at recently as well. And um, I just thought, you know, I'm having these all day long. And surely, and so I just started to look into it. And it was like, well, you shouldn't really have so much. And obviously, at this point, I wasn't trained in any way. Uh, you shouldn't really have too much coffee in the afternoon. So I thought, well, I'm just going to stop in the afternoons and. Obviously, just reducing it, I realized that there was a, a lull in my energy in the short term, but actually I started to feel better and I started to rest better at night. So I could, that wired and tired feeling before bed was reduced. It wasn't completely gone because I was still going to bed with my Blackberry as it was then, you know. Um, that's what we used to have, that smartphones with these Blackberries. And, um, you know, I was still doing all of the things that uh, we now know are not so quite, quite as good. But that was one change. And then that led to another and it was this small evolutionary incremental changes that I just realised I was feeling better. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, yeah, I'll ask you more about the coffee thing in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to know, you know, nutrition is such a, it's such an, a big topic. It seems mm-hmm. like everyone's got an opinion. Mm. Every day there's a new thing in the news about what's healthy or what's not healthy. And yeah, everyone's body is different. It seems like such a minefield. How can we, how do we know, yeah, how are we supposed to know what's actually healthy these days, would you say? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. It's so relevant because like you said, there's so much information out there. And and I think that's where, when I started it, I was overwhelmed myself. I was starting to buy these books and they were literally conflicting. (laughs) So one would say, eat this, not that you know, and one was like full on paleo and the other one was no, you know, veganism is the way to go. And you're like, oh no. So at the start, that's why I said, I think I'm going to have to go and study this just to find out some of the truths behind it. 
So, you know, the first thing is none of this advice that's out there would ever dispute that we should eat more whole foods, more single ingredient foods. So that's the first generalization I can make. Because like you say, we are all different and working with somebody for very specific reasons, you know, there's something that you want to kind of get better at or fix for yourself. That's always going to give you the best, glean the most, you know, the most accurate and, and sustainable results. But in the meantime, there are some generalisms that we can make across society that will help everybody be a bit better. And one of them is that, you know, so um, with there's so many ultra processed foods out there these days that are engineered for us to eat more of them. And that is one of the issues. You know, these things are not, not created in the kitchen. They're created in a lab with scientists. And they have certain flavor notes that are molecular and chemical versus actually, you know, that's that's just a biscuit that's made by your granny. These biscuits have been so engineered that you just can't help but finish the, the pack. And and it's things like that that I think the world that we're living in has changed. So how do we get back to, to some sort of degree of, of normal foods, eating more whole foods? So single ingredient foods, so think carrot, porridge, oats you know, barley, quinoa, rice, all of the veggies, tomatoes, these are single ingredient foods. If you then put those things together, that's ultimately going to be the one of the best, most positive steps you can do for your nutrition. Yeah, yeah. And I've, yeah, I I need to hear this again. I need to hear this again, always. Um, (laughs) Because I'm in Bali, very lucky to be in Bali at the moment. And we, when we first got here, got kind of in a in a mode of kind of eating out all the time and getting kind of, yeah, less healthy foods, let's just say. And we've <laughs> turned that around and decided we actually just need to cook for ourselves and have really simple stuff and loads of veggies. And we feel so much better for it. And yeah, it's almost like I forget sometimes that this this very simple truth that actually what you eat is so, so important. And sometimes it slips and then you remember because you start to feel bad. And But yeah, it's always good for me to hear that again. So thank you. But also you, you, you recognize that you feel bad, you feel different. And mm. uh, that's, that's how we start the book, actually. We have a nine-point plan to eating smarter and improving focus, feeding your potential. But the actual first one in that nine-point plan is choosing how you want to feel. So it's a kind of, a, it's changing the lens a little bit. A lot of the wellness books that come out in January, they, they're about six packs. They're about bikini fit, you know, bikini bodies, look in a certain way aesthetics and then the people that are selling them are also you know very beautiful and you know trying to sell that kind of thing and and the thing is about that is that it's not necessarily personal to you and what your body is you know where that person is at right now and you know their um kind of potential journey that they're going to go on whereas choosing how you want to feel that applies to you right now and you you know you did make that choice that's what you did you were like you know a few days of eating this food take out some things or whatever that was and then actually I now recognize I need something else and that's where the power is because you can do that sustainably and that's the the kind of the difference in the the shift in the mindset of you have the power you're empowered to change how you want to feel and to to turn that dial up how good do you want to be today and you know you've got a late a late on podcast and so you need to have your mind clear and composed and be able to ask all these really relevant questions so perhaps you know two miles bars and a coffee beforehand is not the way forward and you know that <laughs> so uh, yeah we see you know in our working lives and I 
walk through offices a lot in my work because I do a lot of like consulting on workplace like you know creating the right environment and you will see wrappers on really successful people's jet desks of Twixes you know all sorts of confectionery a couple of empty cans of coke some some empty coffee cans and that kind of thing you think wow they're doing well and they're eating like that imagine if we took that away gave them some great food how incredible they could change the world these guys you know they're clever anyway and they're still managing to achieve but wow how good do you want to be and and I think that's a really powerful question to be asking yourself you know how good do I want to feel that's very empowering I really like that that we can yeah change how we feel based on how we how we nourish ourselves and I remember I don't know who it was. Maybe it was someone like Bill Gates. I think he drinks tons of Diet Coke, I remember thinking. And he's, yeah, imagine how smart he could be <laughs> if he wasn't yeah. uh, so much Diet Coke. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that, actually, because I was working within an aviation company and the chief engineer, who I'd heard lots about in advance, came to one of my sessions and he walked in with like a big bottle of Diet and he said oh I'm really really enthused to meet you he said this is my lunch I'm hoping I'm going to learn some stuff and I just looked at him and thought wow you've got this incredible mind you know you could change the shape of this industry if you just we could just get to some more of your capacity that you've got and you know diet coke just isn't lunch I'm sorry (laughs) like that was our first conversation and uh yeah and and luckily it's no longer his lunch but it just goes to show doesn't it like at how these things are embedded and perhaps overlooked because they're accepted as that's okay you know you've not got time or that's your preference but not realizing perhaps how much it's holding you back. I, I used to drink Diet Coke as a 15 year old and I remember I'd have <laughs> two cans and it would send me a bit wild actually <laughs> get like a weird reaction to it but uh, yes I don't tend to have it these days but yeah I did want to ask you you mentioned there about having the Diet Coke for lunch. Mm-hmm. How much of a difference does that make in terms of when we're eating and how we're eating? Because I think, maybe, I don't know if that's changed in lockdown, everyone's at home, maybe they're cooking more, but before we might be eating at our desks or not eating lunch or eating a sandwich as we're like running down the street. How much do those sorts of things make a difference? So, so when is really important and also how, like you said, you know, kind of running down the street or holding your sandwich kind of thing. So firstly, like regular meals are really good in terms of helping our body to expect when it's going to get fed. And by this, I don't mean all day fat, all day kind of um, feasting. In fact, I suggest fasting in between meals. So it's the opposite of perhaps what was once a trend of, you know, you graze and that's the way to go. Actually, it's better for the body to have clear demarcations of when, they're going, when, when you're going to actually be eating rather than be sat at your, your, your laptop and just be snacking, you know, in between meals all the time. So that's the first gets clear uh, kind of times when you're going to eat and make those regular. And what's happened during lockdown, what, I, what I'm seeing is that it's become even more disordered eating patterns. So you think you're now at home, you've got a kitchen, it's your kitchen. You know, so you know where all the stuff is, you've bought the stuff in it. So surely you're going to be cooking more. And and for a small percentage of people I speak to, that has been the case. But for most of the people, you know, in, in terms of my um, personal coaching, it's become so much more erratic. So people are doing longer hours, starting earlier, finishing later. So they're using the commute to actually just do more work. How effective they are all day is they're probably not as productive as they was. 
And they don't have those kind of cues that you'd so social cues that you'd see in the office, which is suddenly people start to kind of leave the office at about midday-ish, you know, to go and get their lunch. And then you think, oh, I should get my lunch. Or perhaps it's like a, a tea break. And so you'll see people moving around and they'll get up and, and you maybe go and join them and have a chat. Because there's none of those social cues, people are just able just to sit for massive amounts of time and just miss and skip meals. And at best, what I've seen is that they're just snacking. So going back to the back and forth to the fridge, but not really having a meal as such. So yes, yeah, so, so first of all, to lower stress, manage stress, having clear points in the day when, when you're going to be eating, your digestion can then be ready for the food. Maybe your tummy rumbles, which is actually a really, really good sign. And again, that's another thing that I ask people, when did your tummy last rumble? And people quite often say, oh God, I can't remember that for a, for a while, you know, because they've just been perhaps snacking on, on things and never really allowed to get that hunger, hunger up. Do you, do you find that you get hungry? I was just starting to think I was starting to feel <laughs> hungry. Like, I hope my stomach rumbling is not picked up by the microphone. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's a great yeah. sign. It's a great, it's a great sign from the body to say, I'm ready for the meal now. Okay. And if you're not hearing these cues, you're not sensing these cues, you perhaps don't need to eat. You're perhaps just eating because, because you're bored, because you're stressed, because you're emotional, just because you've walked past the cupboard where the biscuits are. You know, it's always just because rather than mm. actually to feed yourself. And you can see I'm mentioning biscuits because that is my, 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 one of my things. Um, if biscuits are in the house, then I will, I will eat them all. So that's something else altogether. But one of the things is just don't bring that stuff in. Um, yeah. Then you can, you can save your willpower uh, for other times, but don't use it at home as much as you can. So if you don't bring it in, then that's a, a really good, good idea. So that's, that's kind of when, you know, kind of having those regular times that helps with sleep as well. So help you manage stress, helps with sleep and also helps digestion be more optimized because it's ready for the food. And then talking about how you eat, again, the kind of fashion that I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of people are sat on Zoom calls and it's perfectly acceptable either to be eating on the Zoom call or just turn your camera off um, whilst you're eating and just mute yourself. So I think that has definitely become a bit of a trend. Uh-huh. So just being in that environment and working whilst eating. So you're not actually taking that time away from work or moving away from your laptop. It's just, yeah, oh, I've got a Zoom meeting at two. I'll have my lunch then. And actually you're not getting that time off. Yeah. And, and a client that I'm working with at the moment, I said, you know, how do you pick when you will have your lunch if you're back to back meetings all day? And she said, oh, I'll just do it on the meeting where I have to contribute the least. So lunch then could be any time between one and five. So she would just mute herself and eat her sandwich. But obviously she couldn't control which meeting she was going to have to contribute to the less. And I was thinking, no, this is, you know, how have we allowed ourselves to get to this position? And there's a very big reason, not just because it feels nicer to go and eat at a table or go for a walk and eat outside if you can. If it's not freezing like where we are, Harry, not in Bali. And, um, you know, so you can go and eat outside or be somewhere else. Oh, that's just nicest for us for a start, isn't it? But also physiologically, our body behaves differently when we're taken out of a, you know, a more kind of work mode. And we have this autonomic nervous system in our body, our nervous system, and it has two sides to it, the parasympathetic and sympathetic. And the parasympathetic is commonly known as rest and digest. And in order for us to access that, we actually need to be resting. Whereas if we're still, you know, doing, then we can't really switch into that. So 
various elements of digestion, for example, secreting enzymes that break down food, just get paused until we are in that position. And that could be, you know, in an, an hour later, and yet you've still chewed the food and put it into the body. So you can imagine it just kind of sits and waits for the enzymes to start to, to break it down, move it to the next stage. And, and you can imagine how that makes you feel. So does that stop you from digesting it properly or does that stop you from releasing the energy from the food or what's the? Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so indigestion is not digestion, basically. basically. Mm. And so that's one of the first symptoms. And again, during lockdown, so many people of all different ages complaining about things like reflux. Like I've had a few clients in their twenties with reflux and it isn't actually what they're eating, it's how and when. So chewing food, you know, some of the basics, because if you're on a call and you've suddenly got to, you know, unmute yourself and you're, mm, you know, and, and straight away, you're not really chewing the food in the same way, perhaps that you would if you were sat more mindfully with, with a plate of food in front of you and a magazine. So yeah, it's making a huge, huge difference to, to how people are feeling. So indigestion is one of them. It also zaps your energy because you start to have like things like bloating gas and that kind of thing and that's that slump in the afternoon that a lot of people talk about and the key act that they could have done is just taken lunch just have taken lunch properly you know claim your lunch I say lunch half hour because if I say an hour some people fall over you know they're shocked that they're gonna have to take an hour out so half an hour or even just start 15 minutes because that's going to be better than the current situation if you can just start 15 minutes take the lunch and you will feel so much better that you know you're going to get the energy from the food and you're going to be able to break it down so much more effectively and efficiently I thought it was so interesting when you were talking about how when we're in an office we get the cues from other people about when to take lunch or when to have a break and actually with so many people working from home now we're not we're not having that so you know the whole day could go by and you don't remember you get so absorbed in your tasks that you maybe just forget to to uh, take that so I think yeah I think that reminder of take a lunch break take breaks I think it's going to be very very pertinent for many people what about there's there's one client oh sorry (laughs) sorry go ahead go ahead Uh, uh, there's one really big corporate that has recently brought in like a new uh, corporate rule which is that you have to block out an hour and a half over the lunch hour and what they're suggesting is during that time you do eat, but during that time you also do some other stuff that isn't booked into your diary because they're realising the, the repercussions of not doing that in their people. You know, obviously energy is the first one, but then if you, that's left, unta- you know, unaddressed. There's other things like stress, you know, chronic stress and how that affects our mental health and, and going forward. So they took a drastic action right across the global company to say that's blocked out in everyone's diary. Do not book anything in during that time. Which I think is a great move. Mm. Wow. Wow. Hope it's hope it's the future. Hope it's the future. What about um making time for healthy food? As you said, you know, I mean, I'm coming from a place of a person who doesn't have children to look after during lockdown or at any other time, obviously. <laughs> and so, you know, for some people, they might find, oh, I've got more time because I'm at home to cook. And a lot of people are going to be, I've got less time to cook because actually I'm doing two jobs. So do you have any kind of mm. tips or advice for people that are in that position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think 
I kind of touched upon it a moment ago, which is, and it's in the book, but you eat good food if you have good food in the fridge. So the starting point is get this stuff in, get the stuff that's going to feed you, properly feed you, nourish you in, in the house, because that's the stuff then you're going to go to, the fruit bowl, you know, the nice whole nuts that you've bought, the fresh veggies that are in there, the, the whole yogurt, the hummus and the, the avocados, all this kind of stuff that you can have in. If that's what you've got available, that's what you're going to eat. So good food, get it in. And don't wait for that perfect day when you've got all the time to go and have this, you know, magical shopping trip. Not that we're doing much of those at the moment, but still you can still go to the supermarket because that magical day of, you know, having all of the time in the world to pick and plan recipes, perhaps, is not going to happen. And so you need to be more practical than that and realistic. And just when you get the chance, buy, start adding these things in, adding this colour. Again, in the book, we talk about eating the rainbow, which is something that we're starting to see more of in the press and media and health circles and things. But this is like, you know, adding different colours from, from natural sources into your into your meals. Think beetroot, think cabbages, kale, uh, all different colours of the rainbow, carrots, oranges, etc. So, so thinking about how you can add more colour in. If you've just got a basket, what can you add in that you're not adding in now? And straight away, that's going to give you that go-to. So that's for, for anyone that's busy people. I, I, I'm certainly falling into that category of, you know, having two jobs at the moment um, with a small child at home. So if I didn't have that in, then I would just be, and I had the alternative in, which is the other good point, actually, is just don't bring that other stuff home. Yeah. You know, the thing that's going to be shouting your name, for me, I said it's biscuits. For you, it could be crisps. It could be big, big hunks of cheese and biscuits. It could be, you know, salty snacks, whatever it may be. But if you bring those in, I get you're going to eat them. They're only going to go one place. And they're probably going to be your preference. So as soon as you get that little pang, that's going to be where you go. And this stuff isn't necessarily going to feed you in the same way. So it isn't that it's bad. It's just that you, you know, when we think about choosing how we want to feel in that kind of, with that lens, are these the best things to choose? That's your choice, your, you know. Yeah, and we all know what it's like when you're tired and hungry. We just want to eat, we'll eat whatever is around. Mm. So yeah, make sure there's good stuff in the fridge. It's such a good like cornerstone foundation thing that's going to make it so much easier to feed yourself for how you want to feel. Um, I was going to ask you about coffee coffee we touched on this a moment ago I did a post on this other day because I had (laughs) been seduced by coffee once again after not drinking it for years and years Mm -hmm. because I found it made me anxious I thought to myself oh I can I can get away with drinking one coffee a day now maybe it's the sunshine here in Bali maybe I'm just you know but after a couple of weeks I really started to notice I think it was mm. affecting me and it kind of crept up on me and I didn't really realise I was a bit in denial about it and just enjoying having these coffees. What's your what's your take on coffee for energy? Because if I, yeah, sometimes if you suggest to people that they shouldn't have coffee, they get quite upset. So I don't know. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your kind of perspective on this? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, about coffee, how protective people are of it. Like, you, yeah. Even if it comes up as a topic, they're just thrown away like this. Well, you're not touching mine. So I think, first of all, I think that shows how much of an effect it does have on us, that people are so protective of it. And I think yeah. it is a drug. Uh, you know, it has a strong, profound effect on the body. And one of the things I propose in How to Have the Energy is the context of it. 
that is what's actually most important, the context. And is it just is it a decision that you're going to enjoy that cup of coffee or is it dependency? Oh, what time can I go and get my coffee? Can I get the coffee yet? Does anybody, anyone else want coffee? Anyone for coffee? Is anyone coming for coffee? You know, so it's kind of a constant um, recurring thought for you. Then that's becoming more of a dependency. And so I always get kind of ask people to question why do they need that energy from elsewhere? You know, so there could be something going on with you that's, you know, maybe you're a little bit tired, maybe something else happening that perhaps why why do we need that external hit? Because ultimately our bodies are designed to create our own power and we don't necessarily always need these things. However, what I don't do is demonize it and I don't say, you know, do not have it. If it's something that you really enjoy with your breakfast and it's one of life's pleasures for you and you, you know, you're not then at 11 looking for another one and then you're not looking for another at 12 and then you know there's like a pattern throughout the day that's a, a very a very different approach to it than um you know just saying it's all bad or it's all good and I think that's that's the issue with with a lot of nutritional advice is that you know these words bad and good are used a lot and I don't agree with those at all I think it's all about that kind of how you want to feel how is it making you feel and for you you notice that it changed you and you decided that actually I don't like that change and I'm not going to I'm not going to settle for that. So therefore, I'm going to upgrade my choice now from now on. And you definitely when you give it up again, you do feel it, too. There's a little bit of a rocky road. I had a headache, a headache, serious headache for a few days. I had to go to bed and like slept for 12 hours I think, the first day. Oh, goodness. Um, but yeah, it seemed to clear it seemed to clear after a couple of days but I was definitely getting to that point of I was getting to that point of oh I can't like I can't function until I've had my coffee so it's not a very nice position to be dependent on something it doesn't feel that good to be like oh I can't I'm gonna be grumpy until I've had my coffee that's not how I want to start the day And, and it shows our addiction to it globally because I think it's the second most traded commodity in the world after oil wow so just think about that, you know, our global necessity for this shows that we do have an energy gap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned about snacks earlier. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are there, so I wasn't sure, are snacks, should we be having snacks? Is it different for everyone? And if we are going to have snacks, are there certain snacks that we can eat for, for more energy? So, yeah, my first question when anyone asks me that is, do you need a snack? Do do, do you need a snack? And, you know, it could be one of those just because moments, just because I'm bored, just because I haven't eaten for a while, just because I'm walking past the the cupboard, the fridge, etc. Or or it could be actually, no, I am hungry. And so then what I would say is that let's look at the meal that you you had then. Is there an opportunity there to redress that and, and essentially make it better so you don't need to snack? Because... The fasting in between meals uh, can be really powerful for your energy. And if you are just grazing, constantly kind of, you know, giving yourself something else to do, because your body just doesn't want to digest. In fact, digestion is expensive for the body, energy-wise. It costs a lot for us to actually make energy in the first place. So you have to pay something out. So we've got to be, you know, hoping that something good at the end is going to happen. And if we're doing that in little kind of investments all day, then we're not really going to feel the impact of that in the way that we perhaps could have done. So, yeah, so could have you have padded out your meal with more nourishing stuff 
And I have, again, in the book, a high energy plate, which shows that like half of your plate should be these rainbow vegetables, about a quarter of it, a protein source. So, you know, this is your, your chicken, your eggs, your fish, your beans, your lentils, your pulses. And then the other one, uh, the other quarter of that plate is smarter carbs. So these are kind of, you know, your less starchy kind of carbohydrates. So you're more wholemeal, you know, your, your brown rice, your quinoa, your uh, sweet potatoes, those kind of things. So you've got a whole range of stuff on your plate. Is this, you know, was there a gap? So ask yourself, was there a gap? And, and that's the key, I think, with the way that we've written the book is about applications. So at the end of each chapter, there's actually an exercise to do there and then an activity for you to look at what it is that you're doing and how you can make an immediate upgrade. Could be tiny, but just immediate upgrade and snacking could be one of them. However, if you say, no, I had a great lunch and I went on a long walk and I also had, you know, a yoga class and I'm hungry or whatever that may be. So you've actually done a lot of activity. Then, of course, you are hungry. Or if there's going to be a big gap between your lunch and your dinner because of something to do with work or I don't know, your children or whatever, we're less likely going to have social arrangements that's going to cause that at the moment. But if you're doing a lot of activity, there's going to be a big gap, then perhaps a snack is a good idea. Yeah, so so that's it's questioning yourself if you need it first. And then if you do, then yes, there are some good snacks, Chloe, that you can have. So there are things like think fat, fiber, protein in a little snack. So those are like some, you know, the key kind of things. So a yogurt with some some berries, you've got all of all of those things covered, fat, fiber, protein, some nut butter with a piece of fruit. Again, you've got those those ones covered. I'm just trying to think what other things um I can cross off my head dark chocolate with some nuts. That's one of my favourites. Um, yeah, nice. just a couple of cubes of dark chocolate with a few um, almonds or something like that. So you again, you're covering off those three kind of, and then I know that that snack is gonna actually feed me versus um, set me off on a bit of a roller coaster, which is what snacks often have the potential to do. I really like that idea of actually questioning whether you need a snack rather than oh, it's three o'clock, I'm going to eat my snack now. Maybe you're not hungry or maybe you had a really big lunch. And actually, yeah, it's interesting thinking about the idea of actually allowing yourself to get a bit hungry and could could actually mm-hmm. be really a good thing. And um, It's a really good yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. And the other thing there is actually hydration too. Okay. So are you snacking when you're actually thirsty? Okay, yeah. It's amazing. I always think this... Um, drinking more water is like the solution to a lot of our problems I think <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. I'm in a bad mood have you drunk some water like my, my boyfriend does this all the time like he's actually grumpy like have you drunk some water and he's like no and then he's instantly happier I'm not saying it's the cure for everything but it fixes a lot of things it, it really does. And it, I've talked about it and, and referred to it as a secret deficiency before because it gets rid of so many different symptoms. Like people say that they've got, you know, persistent headaches, neck pain, shoulder pain, you know, other things. And and yeah, if you just start getting more regular fluids in there, suddenly these things resolve themselves. So it's definitely one to address, you know, just having a bottle with you, you know, a drink close by and not always a caffeinated one. So, you know, you are getting, it doesn't have to always be just plain water. It can have things like lemon, lime in it. You can have lots of different herbal teas. So it doesn't, doesn't always have to be boring. Sparkling too is good. So if you really like the bubbles. 
My favourite is cucumber water. If water has cucumber in it, to me it tastes a hundred times nicer and makes me feel like I'm in a fancy restaurant or something. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got to play into those things, you know, things yeah. that make us feel good. Um, yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask, I always ask people on this question on the podcast, what, what are the things or practices or habits that you have personally that help you to maintain your your mental wellness or your managed stress mm-hmm. yeah I and I, I mentioned one already that's got me out of those holes and it's not buying stuff in um so yeah I buy the good stuff in I always have a well-stocked fruit bowl and veggie stock and then that's where I'll go and snack so that's one of the things that's one of my habits for sure the other one is creating cycles of things where I tick stuff off. So one of the things really important for my mental health is doing some exercise every day. And this doesn't have to be a massive gym session. We can't even go at the moment, but um, it could just be 20 minutes of yoga. Um, it could be 20 minutes hit session. Or if I, you know, I'm very, I have the luxury of time, it would be an hour. You know, if I can do an hour yoga, then that would just be incredible. Um, but I do something every day. And the way that I do it is that I, I put a red tick on my calendar. So I literally just create these streaks of, of, of ticks. And that, that's one of my motivators is to get my red pen out and to tick the calendar. Nice. Um, you know, just so, so I have this tick. And then sometimes the streak will be broken. But it keeps me going mostly. And that's that's the essence essence of this is it's consistency beats intensity, you know. So we're human, not superheroes. So just kind of knowing that what what are our boundaries, our limitations. But that for me is it is like a really important one for, for my own mental health. And and what, what I think that does is that I know that I'm gonna do that, you know, most days, it kind of sets the tone that um I'm going to be investing in myself every day. And then that also has a knock-on effect to all the other decisions that you make because setting the tone is really important. Yeah, I love that idea. I don't actually do anything in terms of ticking things off, but it's so nice. I can imagine it's really motivating seeing those red ticks. I'm like, right, I've got to tick it off today. Actually having a physical <laughs> calendar and doing something like that. I love that. Love that. Well, there's, there's actually an app called, I think it's called Streaks. We mentioned, again, a little bit in the book around these kind of things, these habits, because they're external motivation when we can't potentially create it, you know, internally, you know, those days when you feel a bit tired. But we all, all know that we never regret exercising, do we? We never regret doing it. We only ever regret, oh, I should have probably done it in that 20 minutes. And and that, that I did have, you know, where I was just scrolling through social media or whatever. And so, yeah, it's trying to get something that externally uh, will help you during those times. So visually for me, that works. So, so true. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. I'm feeling very motivated. I'm going to go <laughs> and cook some dinner in a moment. And thankfully, <laughs> there are things in the fridge. So I'm looking forward to that. Where can people find out more about you? Can you share a bit about your online course, your podcast, where they can get your book and that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. So on Twitter, Instagram, it's at Colette Hennigan. I regularly post in on those. I'm also on LinkedIn for people that want to follow on there because I, I post regular articles about the, some of the topics that we discussed today. Um, 
yes, online course is coming soon. Graham and I are just working through that. So it's going to have all of the essence of the book with some extras kind of built in and that will be available. So the website for that is howtohavetheenergy.com. And that also has a lot of resources that even if you don't have the book that you can have access to, some downloadable PDFs, some of the guides, some of the challenges that we put within the book that you can you can go and get those free resources. And then finally, my podcast. So yes, I'm starting a new podcast. I did have a, a previous one, just one series, and then I had a baby and it kind of stopped. So it's about to start again and be launched in February. And that is how to have the energy. Uh, so just to look out for that, because I've got some really interesting guests lined up and it's going to be talking about you know, real life stories and how people within their you know, busy, scheduled lives are able to still invest in themselves in these kind of unique and fascinating ways. Sounds amazing. Definitely look out for that. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. Absolute pleasure, Chloe. Thank you. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.